We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast on a Wednesday. Okay, it's a little later than we typically drop on a Wednesday. But I wanted to make sure we had both the Alex Grinch press conference and the Dennis Simmons press conference. Coach Simmons had to push his back a little bit today. So I wanted to make sure it was part of this podcast, and it's all coming up. Plus, you're going to hear from Lincoln Riley post-scrimmage here in mere moments. Also, we'll wrap up this episode with a sit-down that Jessica Cootie had with Austin Reeves. Last week we played you on the Sooner Classics, the Oklahoma TCU basketball game, kind of been called the Austin Reeves game with the incredible performance he had down the stretch. So you'll hear from Austin coming up to wrap up the podcast. But before we get going, man, thank you guys so much for subscribing, helping to spread the word and sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. We continue to have record numbers, record listenership. And I don't know if you guys follow Kenny Mossman on Twitter. If you don't, he had an incredible note about our top five markets where the number five most downloaded city for the Sooner Sports Podcast last week was Austin. So welcome, Austin, to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We appreciate you, number five. Keep it coming. Keep spreading the word. If it's through Apple Podcasts, that's how I listen to all my podcasts. Simply search Sooner Sports Podcast. If it's through iHeartRadio, same way. Or you can go to Soonersports.com slash podcast. And right there on the player, there is a link to just about every single possible way that you can consume podcasts where you can download and share the pot. All right, so before we give a, sp- a shout-out to our sponsors, let's go ahead and hear post-scrimmage from Lincoln Riley. On Tuesday, the Sooners held their first scrimmage. Lincoln Riley and Jessica Cootie afterwards. All right, so first scrimmage, uh, first scrimmage, how did you put the guys look today? 
Uh, it was good. It was fun. They, they, you know, first time we've done tackle, true tackle football in a long, long time uh, since January. So uh, it was fun to get back out here. I mean, typical first scrimmage, a lot of good, um, a lot of explosive plays, a lot of, uh, a lot of mistakes. Uh, Probably the biggest negative was a few too many penalties. Um, so something we got to do a much better job of. Hadn't because of COVID, hadn't had a chance to have officials out of our practice. Um, and so this is kind of first day with officials. So a lot of growing and learning and better playing and coaching on that front. That's going to have to happen. You had talked about how before the break that you really kind of started to see this team start to come together. How do you felt like they picked that up, and how do you continue to move towards that trend in a positive direction? Yeah, they've you know they're they're just kind of happy to be back around each other, and uh, you know this this team's got a good vibe about it. Um, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. We've already you know we've already had to deal with a lot of them here internally, and that's just kind of part of the deal right now. So it's getting you used for the challenges that this season is ultimately going to present, and uh, we got to be able to handle them. And the only way you handle challenges is is like you said, is how well you do come together and, and can withstand and weather whatever happens. And uh, so we're trying to build that each and every day that we have with them. With kind of a shortened season and having to be ready so early with Commanders and non-conference games, have you seen a different sense of urgency from your players that they're taking advantage of every day out here? I think so. I think just, just having missed it, you know, not having been here and then uh, now, especially you know, having a schedule, you know, and knowing kind of what you're shooting for, that's that's certainly made a, a big difference and kind of giving them some clarity and, and and definitely something to aim for right now. And last thing for me, uh, after last week and the positive test, do you feel like your players kind of learn from that and kind of will use that as a positive moving forward? I, I think so. I mean, I think so. It's a learning experience for all of us. Um, you know, we're still trying to navigate that as much as we can, but obviously that's going to be a key for us and every other team this season. And uh, so. Kind of a constant learning experience as we go, but we'll continue to adapt and adjust. So you guys want some more details? I do. Dennis Simmons and Alex Grinch coming up here in just a bit. But first, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by AT&T. AT&T is America's best network. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And if you're interested in taking your passion for OU athletics to a new level, Experience the best game day experiences while supporting scholarships for nearly 600 student athletes, well, you need to join the Sooner Club today. Customizable options are available by calling 405-325-8000. All right. Um, let's see. It's late. It's about, well, at least for podcast purposes, about 530. So earlier today, about noon, Alex Grinch met with the media via Zoom. Here is that entire presser from earlier today with Coach Grinch starting out things by answering a question about being back. Just What's it been like getting back out there and, and uh, preparing for this season with all of the uncertainties that uh, there are right now, even still lingering? I, I think minus the uncertainty, just just the uh, um, and not to sound too euphoric about it, but just the, the the sheer joy I think by players and coaches alike um, now going back, you know, a, a couple weeks. You know, but th there is a reason why you, you chose to be a football coach, you know, and it was to actually be on the field with the guys and, and, and coaching the game. There's also a reason that these guys chose to be football players and come to a place like in Oklahoma. Is that, is so um, just, the, just the excitement level, I mean, and sometimes you got to curb it a little bit. You know, you can't practice, you know, obviously le legally more, more than uh, a couple hours a day. And then those are the initial phases, just on the field with them for an hour. But um, but that, that just, uh, you know, I guess in, in, in some ways like uh, – Maybe anything else is, is time away kind of gives you an, an opportunity to um, you know, re really realize how, how much you uh, maybe miss it or maybe how much you enjoy it. 
And so from that standpoint, uh, it's been really good. I mean, I, the, 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 the chief difference, uh, as, as you mentioned, mentioned, is just the uncertainty. You know, so much of what we do is so calendar-based, you know, very, very rigid that way, uh, you know, in, in terms of what, what the, the winter program looks like, you know, spring football. And that's how, that's how 2020 started for us. And we get one spring practice in, and all of a sudden we didn't see the guys again until July. And, and, and then, you know, uh, you kind of have a, a plan in place, uh, you know, at, at that point, what we called our OTA phase and then into fall camp, again, a plan in place. And I just had to, to, to juggle things along the way, you know, uh, as, as um, you know, information, uh, uh, you know, kind of came forward and, and discussions. And, and But I will say this, all those discussions and all that information, for the most part, uh, you know, happened outside the building. And so, you know, for us, um, you know, getting on the field with the guys and then and, and, and practices or practices, you know, uh, with the addition of wearing a mask and uh, and, we, and we, we we attack the opportunity every day to get better and all those things. So maybe a little bit in some ways more normal than you think, um, but but certainly there there's a little bit of cloud over everything. Thank you. Hey, we'll go to um, Eric Bailey, the Tulsa World, and then Joe Bettner. Eric. Hey, Alex, thanks a lot for doing this today. I just wanted to ask you, you know, with Caleb Kelly out and Perkins' status not really publicly announced yet and Harrington missing, do you often wonder what coaching a full team would be like? Because you really haven't had that opportunity in two seasons. And then also just the way Caleb has handled the situation, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, – and, and, and it's interesting you mentioned that because, I mean, they're, they're – you know, when you think back to last year, and we, we had five ACLs on defense, and and you know some other you know, stuff, uh, including injuries as as the year went on, and and you know obviously the mentality is always next man up, and you don't you don't sit there and wallow in, in grief as to, to who who's who's not out there and all those things because it's the responsible thing to do because ultimately no one cares, the world doesn't care, uh, you know what what what. Uh, what you're lacking it, it, it's still a results business and all those things and so I think a lot of times you know it, it, it once you're in the moment you kind of just stay in the moment because you don't have time to uh, to maybe worry too much about it but in looking back uh, you know you're certainly you're right you know it is you know the the our, our depth chart has has not lasted a day you know in, in two two uh two seasons now here at, at Oklahoma um and and that's just the reality of what we're in, and then certainly an additional reality, obviously this year, uh, with, with uh, you know the virus and that. But uh, you know, specific to, to Caleb, obviously sick to your stomach for him, um, and and you know the the for him to have to you know go through that, you know, uh, you know two years in a row, um, you know, you know no one deserves that. Um, but but um, if anyone was going to to you know have to deal with it, you know, someone with with the mental fortitude that he has. Um, just a, 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 a my, the full respect from this coaching staff and, and these players, and you know it it it, uh, it is probably given uh, you know too much credit to an individual. But the minute it happens to him, you just know he's going to attack it, and you know he's going to be back better than ever. You just know that, um, and and one because you've seen it with your own two eyes. And I think in a lot of ways, and I don't want to speak for Caleb, um, but I think in a lot of ways, I think his approach was the same way. I've been here before. I know I can do it. Um, the the you know odds were were, were you know certainly uh, uh, in favor of this not happening again, but here we are. And so, um, in any event, uh, still sick for him. Um, but uh, um, you know the 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 good thing is uh, you know just just who he is and, and, and what he is and those things. I know he'll he'll attack his recovery. Thanks, Alex.
It'll go to Joe Bettner of the Norman Transcript and then Jason Kersey. Alex, um, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, considering the uncertainty you guys face on a daily basis, I mean, could you speak to the morale and kind of the leadership you've seen from these guys and what that kind of looked like for the, through the first few weeks of the practice? You know what? I, it's been really good, and 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 I, and I think you know. The, are there some tough days? Um, you know, certainly there are for these guys, as you can imagine. I mean, they they, they see and and hear anything like you know. It, it, this is national news, and so um, and, and unless they're completely removed from it, which obviously you know none of us are. Um, you know, there's there's a meeting, there's a decision, there there's 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 stuff. You know, and and so um, I think in in light of that. Um, been been very impressed with our guys' ability um, to to um, may, maybe um, you know put put thoughts, opinions, feelings uh, kind of uh, in the back of their minds uh, at least um, when it comes to, to to their performance in in this building, whether it's in, in workouts, whether it's in meeting room, uh, on the practice field. Um, you know, I I don't see a group that is allowing you know, kind of the outside noise uh, to affect their work on a day-to-day basis. Now, now, believe me, uh, you can only imagine the, the stresses and, and um, th- this is unique. So uh, for all these guys that, that uh, you know, college athletes haven't had to uh, experience, you know, in the, uh, in the national pandemic um, in, in uh, you know, quite some time. So um, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to minimize the things that they're going through, the stresses um, and all those things. Uh, that that come with their their day to day as they go through this, but but with that said, I I, I want to give them extreme amounts of credit for the work that is is uh, uh, being put in on a day to day basis because we've gotten better work than not uh, as we've gone through uh, fall camp. Okay, we'll go to Jason Kersey of the Athletics, and then Bob Prisbillo. Jason, <clears throat> hey Alex, um, we know. And we've heard a lot, so much of your sort of ethos revolves around motivation and mental toughness. Has that been more difficult through all this uncertainty? Have your motivation tactics changed uh, through this? Well, I, I've yelled at computer screens more than I ever have in, in, uh, in, in my life. And sometimes feel ridiculous over the, all the Zooms in, in the March and the April and the, and the, the May, the June, you know. To, um, but, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's a tremendous example of, of why – you know, all of those things are critical when you when you talk about being a, a big believer in adversity. You know, you kind of believe in, in the impact that it can have on you in a positive way, or you don't. It, it, you you can't you really can't just tread water with that thing. You you got to decide if it's going to be something that that you attack and accept into your life and, and uh, rally because of it. Um, you know, eliminate the victim mentality. And, you know, as as you as you approach things. But probably the biggest uniqueness in this is so often when we talk about. Uh, you know the the adversities. A lot of times, it's 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 singular events. It, it's a play, or it's a it's a quarter, or it's a game, or it's a drive. You know, um, and and you know th- this one is obviously you know presented itself as a longer stretch. And so, you know, I, I think just communicating with the guys that you know, um, you know, one of the things we say about adversity is you don't get to choose what it is, and you don't get to choose how long it it. Uh, uh, sticks around, you know, when we use that in the football sense is say, okay, well, you know, you, you have a, a bad possession in a football game, you know, okay, well, let's go attack adversity. Well, then you have a bad second possession in a football game. Oh, wait, I, th- I thought we were going to attack it and we were just going to 
um, you know, uh, miraculously, you know, uh, they're not going to have any more issues on that particular day type of deal. Um, no, so, sometimes it sticks around a little bit longer, you know, and so how you do you continue to respond in an appropriate way to, to get the outcomes that you, that you want. And so we challenge the guys, you know, and, and all off season, you know, one of the, 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 the big motivational tactics that we use, because it's completely accurate, was everything was equated for a few months there in the off season. You know, you think about all the things that took place is, is you know, no one got reps, you know. So in that moment, well, man, if I just had a few more reps and uh, this and that, well, no one got reps. In our building or any, in, anywhere else, you know, no one had access to weight rooms, you know. And so there, there was a stretch of time, like no, no other time that, that, that certainly in, in, in our lifetimes, uh, where you could say where everything is completely uh, equal across the country for every college uh, football player. And so one of our things with our guys was simply this. If you can't bet on yourself um, from a workout standpoint and attacking your meetings and, and, and uh, getting your field work in on your own, finding a way, whether it's push-ups or whatever you got to do to improve yourself individually, if you can't bet on yourself when, when all the cards are even, right, uh, then don't expect us to bet on you uh, when you come back into the building. And so, you know, that, that was a, a huge thing. And then we, and we got a group of guys coming back defensively that, that went up on a 225 rep count by 102 reps cumulatively, right? So they, they tested in February. And this is credit to Coach Wiley, not, not, not because I brought it up to the guys, but, but he, he, you know, what, what he was able to do in, in the time in the offseason, plus obviously staying on the guys and being a resource for them through, through those months that we were away. And then, you know, the constant – a barrage of, of, of us staying on them as the defensive coaching staff, as you said, literally 102 more reps when they come back here uh, in in, uh, in July when when we tested, and, and that's just one example. Obviously, there's a lot of others, um, but but the point being is, uh, um, you know, th- these these guys have to find a way through unique circumstances, and again, so motivation never goes away. It just kind of uh, kind of changes its scope. Yeah, Alex, you mentioned all those injuries from uh, last year. One of those guys coming back is Trey Nor- uh, Norwood. Just sort of wondering how he's been looking and does he have a clear identity, clear spot for what you want to do in the secondary? Yeah, and then, and, and, you know, that, that's, that's hey, you know, remember this guy, you know. Oh, by the way, he was just – position to be one of the stars on the defense, one of the guys that we were excited about that we didn't have a chance to use last year. And so we'll, we'll look at him in several spots over the course of fall camp. I think, you know, similar to what uh, he, he was for us that, that previous spring, a guy that could play really any five spots in the secondary, uh, has some experience at corner. So, you know, with, with, with Piedmont leaving, uh, um, you know, looking at uh, some corner reps, but, but not uh, just circling one spot in terms of the in, impact that, that he could have on us. Uh, defensively, but uh, no, uh, you know, coming coming off that injury, you know, full, full bill of health that way, uh, moving well, and all those things. And uh, no, it's nice to kind of reintroduce ourselves to to him. You know, like say uh, John Michael Terry as well. I remember that that guy that used to start for us type of thing. So no, but but been pleased with Trey. Gonna go to James Hale of KREF and then Bill Hastings, James. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, Alex, uh, for doing this with us. Um, Alex, uh, talk about, uh, you know, you had a scrimmage yesterday. It's the first time you've had anything like that, you know, in months. How did you feel like the defense did? And uh, 
who stood out for you yesterday on the defensive side of the ball? You know, I thought overall it, it was it was really good work. I mean, the the the, the chief negative that that I would circle is I thought that the tackling was very poor, to be expected. Um, but at the same token, we we know let's not make excuses. But but have tackled in eight months. I mean, that that you say that out loud and you're like, good lord, what what we expect. Um, and so that, that's something, obviously, the way we have to attack, and that was something going into it. One of the reasons you do scrimmage is so you, you get those opportunities for the guys. Um, it, it's not tag football. Um, but, but, no, I thought overall, I thought it was uh, uh, similar to, to previous days where I, I thought the, um, uh, you know, just, just when you watch the video, you have an opportunity, you, you, you see the defense and you see a brand. You see a defense that guys understanding where they need to be, uh, and you see guys playing that with, with uh, a tremendous effort. And so the, the, probably the best way to describe it, I you know, in, enjoyed, have enjoyed watching the film, right? There's a, a lot of things we got to get correct. We're nowhere near where we need to be. Um, and obviously, dis, very, we, you know, like, like most weeks or, you know, during the season, you know, there's, there, there was a screenplay yesterday that, that kept me up last night. And so individual plays that, that, that uh, you know, uh, present frustrations. But just in terms of, um, you know, overall through, um, it's hard to keep track of the practices uh, th this year, but, you know, eight, nine days, whatever, it's seven, eight days, something like that, um, been, been, been pleased. And I, and I thought it kind of culminated with, a, with a, a good, you know, about 50 play scrimmage, so about a half of football and got a lot of young guys their first work and, and all those things. And so, um, no, for a scrimmage, number one, I think you, you leave there with, with more positives than negative, and, um, and we got to attack those negatives. Okay, go to Bill Hasten with the Tulsa World, and then Brandon Drum. Bill. Hey, Alex. Uh, apparently, Parnell Motley's having a really nice camp with the Bucks, and it it goes beyond. It looks like it goes way beyond him just being cap friendly. Uh, he had a big play Monday, and, and they cut a second round corner, and it looks like he's going to make that roster. Is there anything about him making that roster or playing well so far at that level that surprises? Not, not surprised, not not surprised at all, you know. And then through those the, the process, the draft process, you you know, uh, and over the course of the year, you know, as coaches, you talk to scouts and, and those things. And I know, you know, not not just the Buccaneers, but but several, uh, you know, school or excuse, pardon me, uh, uh, organizations were, were impressed with, with with his performance last year. I think in some ways, not not overly on everybody's radar going into last year, you know. And so I think he's he's one of those guys that the. You know, stack some some film on top of film as you went through the season. And Coach Manning did a tremendous job with him uh, in a year's time um, and positioned himself to get that opportunity. And then um, my hope for him is, is that he continues to take advantage of it because I, 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 I not knowing his full history before we got here, but but uh, you know, understanding that uh, uh, you know his, his performance kind of went to another level this past season. Um, and, and again, credit goes to him. Credit goes to Coach Manning. In particular, but that you know, I, I would like to think his best football continues to be in, in front of him if he continues to make those strides. As it pertains to physicality, are you as consistently physical in this camp as you would be in any other year? You know what I mean, or, or does that happen more as you get closer to the first day? I, I, I think uh, it's something to be very, very aware of. I, I think it's something that that it, it continues to be on on uh, the mind of coaches as as you go through this, making sure that. Uh, you know, uh, it, as much work as these guys do on their own, they, they didn't get a full summer uh, to, 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 to train. And so some of it is, you know, making sure the conditioning level is such, uh, you know, it, it, it's one thing, you know, they're in condition, okay, but are they conditioned to, to, you know, go through a full practice with the contact and all those things? 
And so we've only had X number of days in pads, not as many as, as it almost feels like we should in the amount of times we've been working. Um, and so that, that's something that's got to continue to get cranked up as we go. I think I, I would you know, kind of grade it right now, maybe uh, you know, average to above average um, from a physicality standpoint. Again, only the one scrimmage, but um, something that, that has to continue to, to increase as we go. Thank you. I think um, Brandon dropped off. Let's go to John Hoover, SI Sooners. John? Okay, got me had to unmute there for a second. Gotcha. Okay, so Alex, how does the uh, loss of Caleb Kelly impact what you were hoping to do or maybe had plans for the linebacker group? And are there any, are there any of those guys that you could see in that group either playing multiple positions or maybe starting out at one spot and finishing the season somewhere else. You know, one of the, the conversations that we've had, you know, even before injury is just looking at this season from a, a um, dual training uh, standpoint, well, be, between positions and not just positions, but also between position groups, you know, a, a, an edge guy having to play a defensive tackle spot, for instance, or, or uh, an edge guy having to be a linebacker. You know, one of the guys we're looking at in the, the inside linebacker room as opposed to the outside linebacker room is a guy that David Awebu who played for us a year ago, an outside linebacker, and a pretty good example. And then a lot of that um, uh, initial uh, conversation that we had stemmed from just simply the fact of dual training guys because the, it, it's going to be a more fluid roster. At least you got to anticipate that as you go through this. And same thing like in the secondary corner, safety, safety, nickel, nickel corner, so on and so forth. Um, so no, it does change change some things. And you know, Brian Osamoa, you know, Deshaun White, um, you know, got guys that uh, have some experience there. We'll continue. Brian Mead has some experience in that linebacker room uh, as well. And so uh, no, it it, uh, it it's created you know obviously some opportunities for some guys. We we expect guys you know Robert Barnes who we've uh, transitioned to linebacker, uh, an opportunity there for for him to get some reps uh, as well. Shane Witter as a freshman uh, in our program. Uh, to get additional reps. And so, um, no, it, it, it's a room that uh, um, it, it does have some experience. Obviously, removing Caleb eliminates some of that. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think it's a, a fairly athletic group and, and, and one that uh, uh, really shows an understanding of the defense and in going into year two, even the, maybe some of the inexperienced guys. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Brandon Drum with OU Insider and then Terry Murdoch. Brandon? Hey, Alex. Um, about, I guess, Deshaun White, I know you talked about the linebackers just now, but how has he kind of evolved as a leader uh, in the absence of Kenneth Murray? Because he was so vocal last year for you sure. guys. Uh, and if he hasn't, who has become that vocal leader that you have seen, I guess, in the early portions of practice? Yeah, and I think that's, that's uh, you know, also uh, because of the, the, the way the calendar went. I mean, the, you know, the, those leadership opportunities that would have presented themselves in spring and summer workouts. And then, you know, a lot of times by fall, you kind of have a, a, a better picture of that uh, as opposed to this year and all, all the time spent away. Uh, but I think Deshaun has done a nice job. I mean, more leader by example. Um, but but that, that example is getting more... Uh, in, in the category of a, a high-end player as opposed to a guy just doing his job. Um, you know, the, the experience in uh, you know, some of the guys coming back in the secondary, you know, leader by example in the Trey Brown. A year ago, he, you know, he, he wasn't a leader by example. You know, he had his good days, but, but was, he was too willing to have a bad day. And then I would tell Trey, you know, and I think Trey would tell you the same thing. And I'm not just talking about during the season. I'm talking about in a fall camp and those things. But all of a sudden you're seeing, uh, uh, you know, a, a guy with – um, just, just a, a 
a work ethic and, and, and a want to every single rep of practice. And so I highlight him simply by, by example. It's not the vocal side of things, but um, that, that, that's uh, as critical as anything. You know, Perkins certainly is for us, you know, a guy that's been in the fire, a guy that's, uh, you know, was, was in, in my opinion, one of the better defensive linemen in, specifically in this conference as a guy that can be one of the better ones in this country. Uh, moving forward, again, that uh, has the respect of his teammates. Uh, Pat Fields in the secondary has experienced more vocal, you know, coming back as a, as a uh, what was, uh, you know, a 14-game starter a year ago. So I kind of highlight some of those guys. But, uh, um, you know, kind of moving forward through this is, you know, uh, Kenneth Murray had a voice because he had, uh, he had film. You know, they, they, it, it, it's, it's one to be the alpha, but you've you got to make sure you're performing at a high level. Uh, to really get the impact, you know, you, you can lead and um, not play well, then it's, it's going to be hard for anybody to follow you type of thing. And so, and Ava, I've been, been pleased with, uh, there, there's more example on film, I guess, um, I guess I'm probably going on a tangent right now, but the, there's there's more examples of who we are and what we are as I watch practice and, and then, then, then certainly a year ago, right? And so, like, these young guys coming in, they, they, yeah, you miss the vocal guy in a, in a Kenneth Murray that says, okay, this is how we want to do things. But their visual is so much better than it would have been, uh, you know, at this time a year ago. Because you know, you're seeing again like Trey Brown playing at elite level. This guy, this guy, and then say, okay, this is how we do things at Oklahoma. Okay, let's go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and Sports Animal, and then Darren Emig. Kerry. Kerry, I don't know if you're trying to talk, but you're muted if you are. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of how your defensive line is shaping out and uh, specifically a guy like Perry on Winfrey and, and all guys that are newcomers, how difficult this kind of is on them uh, with this kind of window towards preparing to play? Yeah, no, been, been uh, you know, pleased with our time with uh, Perry on. I mean, it, it you know, it, some of these guys you talk about where you, you would have had, you know, the, this opportunity to, 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 to work with them in, in spring football. You know, he was here in spring. Josh Ellison was here in spring. Bryson Washington was here in spring. Shane Witter was here in spring. And then, and then they just immediately get lumped into, you know, first day guys when, when fall camp rolls around. And so um, it, it's a crash course. Uh, you know, Coach Tibbs does a, a tremendous job with, with those guys. I've been very pleased with where they've been at from a mental standpoint. You mentioned Perion, but just in, in including all – uh, kind of the the uh, you know, first year guys, which speaks to you know taking advantage of the, those all those Zoom meetings, you know that that, that become monotonous, um, but taking advantage of those and then you know the the, the walkthroughs we call them runthroughs because uh, we want to do so at tempo, but taking advantage of the run through reps and then uh, showing well when we've gotten to the uh, uh, to the practice field. So um, I you know I, I would suggest after X number of days here now. Um, that that were further ahead from a mental standpoint than than uh, you know specifically those those first year guys um, than than I would have probably uh, assumed. Uh, and again, credit goes to them and, and and the coaches for taking advantage of the time that that, that, that we did have with them. Um, but uh, no, from a depth standpoint, kind of how that shakes out is you know I I, I think um, in in a perfect scenario, which I don't know if we're going to get many perfect scenarios in 2020, but. In a perfect scenario, I, I think we'll have more bodies up front to, to, to rotate than we did a year ago, um, and and, uh, and and so that we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Garen Emig of the Pulse of the World. 
Alex, good to see you again. Uh, given your experience at uh, Ohio State and Washington State, how badly do you feel for the, the, the two conferences that, that had to shut it down? And along the same lines, how fortunate do you feel to be, to be playing and pr proceeding forward? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I obviously, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, there, there's a reason you, you, you get into the profession because you love the game, you love the coach, and obviously, you know, you think about the, the, those guys that, um, you know, I think it gets lost sometimes that, that it almost sounds like, you know, guys are required to play football. No, they, they, they want to play football. You know, they, they choose to play football. They, 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 this is a small window of time over the course of a lifetime uh, that you get to, you know, call yourself a football player. Um, and and to, to to have that you know not have that opportunity can can you know I I, I feel for him you know um, I, I certainly think for you know uh, you know our opportunity right now is, is is really attacking it on a day to day basis you know you talk about being present and not looking too far into the future and just you know worry you know the, and it, it's all um, I, I guess theory or, or or you know I want to in terms of how you react to some of these things and say okay just focus on today and you you know lines we've used over the years. That is, uh, you know, certainly uh, even even more pertinent in, in, in the current climate. They say, you know, like I've said several to the guy, I'm a football coach today. You're a football player. Um, for the next two hours, guess what? We just opted in, and so let's attack it. You know, and so that that's kind of the the approach that uh, uh, that that should take. And, and so you know, we're, we're we'll be fortunate to have a team meeting. I know today it's scheduled at 1:45, uh, and I and I can't wait to. Uh, and then have a position meeting after that and, can, and, and be excited to, to experience that. And right now there's a, a practice tomorrow schedule. And so you kind of just, you know, keep that, uh, keep that, that singular focus, which has always been the best approach, obviously, not now uh, certainly more than ever. Coach, um, we've got a couple more here, but I want to be mindful of your time. Do you have a few more minutes? Uh, yeah, i got a couple more. Okay. All right, let's go to Keegan Renault. With, uh, Sooners Wire. <laughs> Thanks, Alex and Mike, for putting this together. Uh, I know one play doesn't define a season or a career, but with what happened with Grubke and the Peach Bowl, are you ha happy with how he's responded this offseason and how has he looked um, so far in camp? Yeah, no, no, no. One, one play doesn't define it, but 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 it's a play that shouldn't happen, can't happen, and all those things. And then you you know that uh, is something obviously like anything you got to move on from. But um, you know, I I've been. I've been very pleased. One one of the challenges to our guys as well is, is you know we you know we, we told these guys we don't want to coach the same dudes we coached in 2019. Uh, don't don't ask us to coach the same guy. So if you come back here uh, with, with any of the same issues or, or any of the uh, you know the, the the same flaws, then then you know obviously and, and again the year being the year, um, you haven't taken advantage of, of your time. Uh, away, you haven't taken advantage of, of the of the meetings. You haven't taken advantage of, um, you know, uh, uh, the walkthroughs and and and, and uh, our time together once we got back together. And so, you know, he's one of those guys that, that I would highlight as I see a different guy. You know, now he's got to continue to do it, but I see a different guy. I, I don't I don't see uh, some of the same issues. I see a more productive player. I see more commitment to technique. And there's several guys that that again we we kind of kept. We, and, and we continue to, you know, okay, what, what can you do this year that at this moment in time last year you couldn't do? And the answer is on the same guy, then we've all failed, right? And so, um, you know, I, I highlight him. I mean, he, he's practicing at a different level, okay? I, I highlight Pat Fields practicing 
at a different level. Brian Asamoah practicing at a different level. Ronnie Perkins practicing at a different level. Deshaun White practicing at a different level. Nick Benito practicing at a different level. I mentioned Trey Brown practicing at a different level. Um, and so that and that's the idea. I mean, that, that's that's the expectation. Um, and and um, it, uh, it it's something that that has to happen for us to uh, be anywhere close to being the defense that that, that we want to be. And um, that, that that final game is a, is a nice reminder that's sticking right into our face. That's saying we got a long way to go. Yeah, we're going to go to Luke Benson with uh, Channel Nine and OKC. Hey, Coach. I was going to ask you about uh, specifically your defensive line. You talked about them already, but when it comes to the other side of the ball, talented offensive linemen, just can you quantify the importance it is for your group to go up against players like specifically like Creed Humphrey, who's started a lot there, had NFL aspirations. Is it, is it possible to quantify just uh, seeing those kind of guys every day in practice? What does that do for your unit? Well, I, I think if, if used the right way, it can be a, you know incredible opportunity. You talk about a guy like a parent Winfrey coming in from junior college, and, and you put him on the interior defensive line, and all of a sudden he's going against a high-level guy in, in, in Creed. I mean, you're, you're right. Um, that, that, that gives you a little bit more of a barometer than, than you know, obviously going uh, – I think about scout teamwork or something along those lines. I, I think if it's handled right, I think across the board, I mean, you think about the receivers that, that we have a chance to go against on a day-to-day basis and the scheme we get a chance to go to against on a day-to-day basis. You know, if, if handled the right way, I think it's a tremendous advantage for us uh, defensively. Now, now if, if their successes turn into our excuses, then, then all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're, we're going down the dark path uh, uh, pretty quickly. But, but sometimes I think, too, I think we need to give ourselves more credit you know, for our ability to, to um, you know, for, for instance, you know, some of the things our guys do on offense that, that, that you know, we got to defend on a day-to-day basis, they run it better than some of our opponents. Now, why on earth can we go then play an opponent that, that appears like they, they, they have more success on that particular, that, that, that play or that scheme against us than, than our own offense does? And you say, well, wait a second. You know, why, why, why is, you know, why, why are we not able to, um, maybe transition it as, as well as we need to into to, into a game day. And so, anyway, the uh, no, it, it's it, it's something that we need to take advantage of. You know, with, with our defensive front, and and I think again, when you have high level guys on the other side, you get a better barometer as to where you're at. And, and coach, our last one would be Joey Helmer with OU Insider. Joey. Yeah, Alex, you talked about Awakeu uh, moving inside. Can you talk about just his development that you've seen? first few days of camp and also uh, thinking back to, I guess, the one practice in spring. Yeah, so, you know, though in, in David's case, you know, he was a rotational guy for us. We had John Michael Terry, we had Nick Benito at, at rush linebacker a year ago, and, and, and David was kind of the young freshman that we wanted to get work in. And then when John Michael went out, you know, all of a sudden, you know, roles changed. And, and I thought David did a good job for us. I think uh, uh, both him and Nick had that rush linebacker spot. We need more production there, but one was a true freshman, the other one was a redshirt freshman. Um, and, and again, their, their roles were, uh, you know, kind of, you know, put into fast forward as we went through that thing. And so just kind of as we looked at the offseason, just, you know, you're always trying to look at what's your best 11, you know, and trying to position guys where you, you think maybe they could be most successful one and ultimately combine that with what makes your, your defense most successful. And he's, he was just a name that kept coming up as a guy that we just thought has a little bit more, fl- you know, position flexibility. He was willing to make the move. And, and, and the idea being at any moment we could move him back to rush linebacker. Obviously, with Caleb's situation, it, it, it lends itself to getting him even more work at the position. And then so it's something that we continue to evaluate. But I've been extremely pleased with his progress. 
Uh, Coach Odom does a great job with the linebackers, but but just uh, in a short period of time, you know, it's funny, we had a conversation the other day, and he's frustrated because he doesn't know it as well as he thinks he should know. And we're looking at it from a coaching standpoint, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you've got this far in this many days. You know, and so that also speaks to, obviously, you know, the – uh, the expectations that he has. Um, and so, no, it, it, uh, a guy works excited about the program and in any position, but uh, uh, we, we may have found a good spot for him. I love listening to Coach Grinch. I think he is amazing. I'm excited to see what that defense has in store in year two. Um, tons of new faces, a couple of guys in different places. It's really going to be a, a, an interesting jump from year one to year two. And you start thinking, Jamar Kane, the newest addition, him and Calvin Thibodeau, as far as coaches are concerned, working on that defensive line. Brian Odom is back and the impact that he made in Kenneth Murray's career. I mean, Roy Manning is just a stud. So I'm, I'm really excited to continue to see the growth of this defense. Sooner Sports Podcast today is brought to you in part by Mercy. Mercy, your life is our life's work. It's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wing. And OU Extended Campus, degrees online, on-site, on your schedule. Become the tradition. All right, so... You had Alex Grinch meet with the media moments ago. Outside of receivers coach and associate head coach Dennis Simmons caught up with the media. Yeah, Dennis, I'm curious about Marvin Mims, what you've seen from him uh, to, to this point, how ready he is, and, and uh, you know, what, are, what are some of the things maybe if he is ready to play that, that make him uh, able to, to contribute pretty quickly? I've been very pleased with Marvin. Uh, I think – Coming in a semester helped him a lot as far as learning the system. Uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, you know, obviously he had all those attributes uh, prior to getting here. Uh, however, he has uh, put on a lot, a lot more muscle since he's been here. Uh, you know, from a, a technical standpoint, you know, he was a pretty polished uh, kid coming out of high school. Uh, so, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's he stepped in. And into a room with the opportunity, you know, with the, a, a sense of confidence and understanding that, hey, you know what, I, I'm not just happy to be here, but uh, I, I belong here. And uh, he's gone out and practiced and played uh, with that same type of swagger. Okay, let's go to Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World and then Joe Bettner. Eric? Dennis, you guys have had really good leadership at the wide wide receiver position over the years. Does someone like Charleston Ramble assume that since you are so young at the position, or is there anyone else you really see in that role right now? Well, we got several guys that uh, that are, are you know that is you know feel like that you know it's their time uh, uh, in that role in, in that in that role in in the room. I, you know, a lot of those guys are are self driven, so. You know, when you talk about the leadership and, and, and things of that nature, you know, we've had some guys here that have done some great things. And, you know, the guys that have been in that room that are currently still in that room is, have kind of watched and studied some of the things that they've they've done in order to achieve uh, a lot of the success they had. So, I mean, you got a lot of guys that are, are out there, you know, that are that are hungry, that are passionate, and, and, and want to to be like their you know their former buddies. So you know you got a lot of guys in that room that are, are duplicating a lot of those day in and day out, day to day small small steps to 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 accomplish that goal and get to where they want to become. Thanks, Dennis. 
Okay, let's go to Joe Bettner with Norman Transcript and then Jason Kersey. Joe. Hey Dennis, uh, Alex mentioned earlier that there's a screen pass that kept them up last night. I'm curious, just from your perspective, uh, how this offense is looking for you guys, especially early on in camp, how much rest there is, and you know, if, you know where they are as far as you know having an off season where they didn't have the, the same amount of time as usual to prepare. Well, you got to remember with your question, you're asking the offensive coach that question. So, I mean, to me, there's always work to be done and there's things that we could always get a little bit better at every day. Uh, I do feel like the guys uh, have, you know, taken advantage and, and, and pretty much done everything within their power that we could ask of them uh, doing this, doing the, their, you know, their time away. Uh, but once again, that kind of goes back to, you know, having that, that, that self that self-driving and, and, and a goal and a purpose and, and a will to want to be good at, at your craft. Uh, so, you know, I think they've done well in that aspect of it. And, you know, is there some things that we need to tidy up? Of course. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we need to uh, tidy up. And, you know, once again, you asking the offensive uh, coach that. So, you know, there's always going to be work to be done in our eyes. Let's go to Jason Kersey of The Athletic and then Kerry Murdoch. Jason. Yeah. Hey, hey Dennis. Um, is it better for a receiver room to have an alpha like a CD was last year, maybe DD was a few years ago, or is it better to be more evenly distributed, or does that even matter? I don't think it really matters. I mean, you know, at the, if you run your route the way you want to, I mean, falls the ball's going to find somebody. So, I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, the deeper you are, especially in, in a situation that we're we're dealing with right now, where you know you have guys that you know, unfortunately, that may actually get the uh, the virus or the contact deal. You know, I think you know having a, a room uh, full with talent is you know is a is a good thing. Uh, but I think you know. Kind of the you know the loop back to the question early on the alpha dog and and uh, you know the leader uh, you know I think you know everybody in that room should strive for wanting to be, have success and 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 wanting to be the guy that 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 ball comes to you know on every play if and if you're not that guy then you know I haven't done a very good job of evaluating you and and and, and bringing you into the fold of the room so I mean you know. I, all of them cheer for each other and want to see everybody be successful. But, you know, in the same token, all of them want to be that guy that is, you know, achieving that, that success. So, I mean, I don't know if that truly answers your question uh, as far as, you know, one guy versus many. But, you know, I guess if you, from my standpoint, I, I want them all to have that mentality. Excellent. Okay, Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and Sports Animal and then James Hale. Kerry? Hey, Dennis, uh, I know Lincoln had told us, I, I hate saying I know exactly how many days ago it was, 95 days ago, uh, about Jaden uh, Hazelwood's injury. I was curious, is he able to do much with you guys in workout capacity, or is there a, a timeline for his return that you guys have gotten a feel for in these last few months? Kerry, <laughs> I don't talk about injuries. Next question. Well, uh, let me ask you, um, in terms of not having a spring, how much of a challenge has that been in you know, preparing some of the young guys that, that you know didn't get that? Or do you feel like maybe some of the Zoom stuff, some of the instruction, the extra instruction you got made up for that a little bit? 
You know, not having a spring, we weren't able to get out there and get the physical aspect of it. But, you know, during these times, you know, much like yourself, everybody has to adjust. And I think our staff has done a wonderful job of adjusting with the situation and with the things that uh, we had. So, I mean, I think we've done a, a great job from a mental aspect of preparing these guys on, you know, what their assignments are, what the concepts are, what, what is expected of them uh, in the mental preparation of the, of the game. And, you know, right now we're working on, you know, equally matching that from the uh, physical standpoint and being out on the field. I apologize for uh, the first question. Oh, no apology needed, man. Thanks, no problem. Have a good day. Okay, let's go to James Hale at KREF and then Keegan Renault. James. Hey, Dennis. Nice to see you, man. Um, Likewise. You got scrimmage for the first time in months. Uh, how did that scrimmage go from an offensive standpoint? And who among your group did you feel like had a pretty good scrimmage and stood out to you? You know, I thought there were several guys that made some, some, some key plays, uh, you know, uh, to be honest with you, just being back out on the field and, and hearing pass clash and, and guys hitting was 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 probably one of the bigger joys of of, of that, that 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 couple hour period that we had out there. Uh, you know, not to just single out one individual because I thought there was you know several guys that you know walked away reaffirmed your thinking or my thinking of okay, you know we made the right choice on going on on, on this guy and you know. He, he he's going to be able to help us. So there were several guys that fit that category. So uh, apologize by not giving you just one name, but I would just say, you know, I was pleased with a lot of the things that the group did as, an, as a whole. Thanks, Dennis. Okay, we'll go to Keegan Renault with Sooners Wire and then Joey Helmer. Keegan? Yeah, Dennis, I'm just curious, what, what does Theo Howard bring to the table for you guys and what how big of an impact can he have um, for you guys this season? Well, I mean, I, the season will tell how big of an impact he could have, uh, but a lot of the things that he does bring to us is uh, another guy with, you know, actual college game experience, uh, you know, an older guy. So, I mean, he's going to have some wisdom and, and knowledge that he could, he could spread to, a, a, you know, some of the, the, the younger guys. Uh, and then he's just, you know, he's a, a talented young man that, you know, once again, with, with the current situation it is in, in, in college athletics, I mean, it gives you another athletic, talented uh, young man in your room where, you know, you, you, you have plenty of, of tools in the, in the shed to, to be able to work with. Okay, Joey Helmer with OU Insider, and then Lee Benson. Yeah, this is uh, going to be the fourth different quarterback in four years. I'm just wondering from a chemistry standpoint, uh, with your guys and the quarterbacks, kind of how that um, connection has come along. Uh, it's been fine. I mean, you know, to be quite honest with you, I mean, we hear this question every year. Uh, our job is to catch the ball. It doesn't matter who throws it. I mean, you could put Snoopy back there. If he's throwing it, it's our job to to, to make the make the throw right and to catch it and advance the football. So, you know, who that guy's gonna be, we really don't care. You know, that's that's other people's decisions to make. Our job is to make them right, execute our assignment, get our depths on our routes, and, and get open when we need to get open. Okay, Lee Benson with KWTV, and then Parker Thune. Coach, uh, in the recent years in this offense, we've seen receivers like CD and Marquise and, and DD, just to name a few, really make jumps from year one to year two. 
I think you have some guys that, that might be candidates for that on, on your roster and your group. Just curious why you think there are guys that are able to make those jumps from year one to year two in this particular offense, why that happens. I think just from a conceptual standpoint, the game slows down for him. So you are able to see, you know, that natural athletic ability, you know, on display. Uh, another thing, too, is, you know, you're they're, they're understanding and able to react off of uh, situations as far as, you know, defensive uh, coverages and, and zones. So I think, you know, it, it kind of slows down for them. They're able to react quicker and then they're, you know, they're not, their natural God-given ability is able to, the, to, to, to kick in and be on display. Okay, Parker Thune with SI Sooners and then Bob Prisbillo. Parker. Hey, Dennis, I know you already touched on Theo Howard, but uh, just kind of curious, obviously you got uh, multiple transfers in that room, including uh, Obio Diallo. Uh, just what are, your, what are your goals for them uh, heading into the year? And then how have they uh, stepped up to mentor some of the younger guys in that room? I mean, our goal is, you know, first and foremost, is to get them comfortable and understanding what, what we do here, uh, both offensively and in our expectation here as, as a receiver, uh, you know, how have they they performed and how have they handled that situation you know if you're asking me my personal opinion i would you know i would praise both of those guys i think they've done a wonderful job uh you know they're both by nature uh good quality young men so uh you know being a good teammate is is, is not something that was a stretch or a pull for them uh had that been the case they probably you know never would have would have gotten here so to answer your question, you know, they both are doing a good job. They both have been a positive influence in our program. And, you know, we expect our expectations for them is, is, is equally high as it is for everyone else that's in the program. Thanks, Dennis. Okay, Bob Prisabella with Sooner Scoop. Yeah, Dennis, it was only one night that first game at uh, Baylor. But what did that mean for Theo Weiss and – what kind of gains and improvements has he shown here during the first couple of weeks of camp? Well, I mean, I thought he had a good night that night. I thought he, thought he had a good night even in the Sugar Bowl when he got his opportunity to play in there. Uh, he made a couple of uh, a nice plays. But, I mean, you know, that that actual game time spirit, uh, experience has probably reaffirmed his, his, his confidence level and let him know that, you know what, just like I was an imposing dominant player on the high school level, I can continue to do that here in college. Okay, we've, we've been able to rifle through these questions um, on my list here pretty fast. Does anyone else have uh, any more questions? I have one. Keegan? Ready? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, what leaps or what do you want to see out of Charleston Rambo from, you know, from last year to this year um, to really being that, you know, the dominant, you know, Z receiver um, that you guys have had over the past couple of years? Uh, just consistency, uh, you know. You're talking about a kid that, you know, the first half of the season was actually leading our team in reception. So, I mean, you know, if you do it one half, you could do it the other half. And it's just, you know, him continuing to be Charleston and just be the best Charleston he could be. Uh, you know, I'm not asking him to be CD. I'm not asking him to be Marquise. I'm not asking him to be DD. I need him to be Charleston. And I think he understands that, you know, all, the, all you know, four of those guys have, you know, special gifts and different uh, skill sets and different talents. And, you know, you know, he he needs to be consistent and, and play at a level 
to where he can showcase his. And I think if he does that, you know, the next year you guys will be asking me about, well, do you have another Z that's going to be like Charleston? Thanks, Coach. I've got one if I can. Go ahead, James. Uh, Dennis, uh, you know, you play, you have outside guys, inside guys. I'm curious in recruiting, when you look at for guys, do you have it in mind who's, who's going to be an outside guy or inside guy, or does that play itself out once they get to you? I mean, all honestly, you know, we're looking for good football players that happen to play receiver position. I mean, if you if you really break down and look at, since you just said his name, a guy like Charleston Rimbo. Right. Charleston played outside receiver for us last year. But also mm -hmm. Charleston was, you know, one of the leading tacklers on our kickoff team. Mm -hmm. He also played gunner on punt team, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's showcasing his talent and value that that kid's a good football player. You know, you look at a guy, you know, like a Trazen Bridges. Trazen Bridges played both outside receiver, inside receiver, played a stand at corner, also played on our kickoff team and made the first tackle of the, of the game of the season last year. So, I mean, we're looking for good football players that play receiver. Any more questions? Mike, I'll throw one at him if it's cool. Again. Hey, Dennis. Um, I take it it's been no different for coaches, the, the emotion swings of the last four or five months through everything that's gone on. Um, how, how's it been for you? I mean, have you, have there been days where you've gotten up thinking, I don't, I don't see how we're going to play, where you turn around 24 hours later and you feel hopeful about things? Just give us a, some insight into, into where your, your head and your, your gut have been. I mean, in all honestly, you know, my personality, you know, I honestly – try to not focus on the things that I can't control. Uh, and that's one of those situations that I, you know, I don't have a dog in that fight. I can't control, you know, the only thing I can control is my actions and, you know, my family and my players. And I've been so, you know, engulfed with making sure that, you know, my players are understanding what is expected of them, taking care of their classes, uh, you know, if they have any personal issues, my family doing the same thing to, you know, I haven't really had much time to sit down and be like, okay, well, are we playing or are we not? I mean, you know, coaches and players, we're, we're routine regiment people by nature. This time of year, you know, by routine, we're practicing getting ready to play. So that's where my mind is, you know, if, we're ready, then we don't have to get ready. So my mental focus and my mental, you know, objective about the whole thing is, is let's get ready to prepare to play a season. If somebody comes in, uh, you know, with the powers that be and say that we can't, then you know what, that's not out of my control and then we'll adjust and deal with it then. But, you know, there's, you know, between recruiting and 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 our players here and, and you know, personal family and, 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 and the, the rest of my coaching brothers on the staff. I mean, there's been a whole a lot of other things that consume my time than honestly focusing on, okay, are, are we going to play today or are we not? I mean, I just – I don't get wrapped up into that. Thanks. You guys start to wrap up here. Anything else for Coach Simmons? Get me now because you promised you that uh, uh, they might not get me again. keeping you busy I'm curious you know with the dead period being as long as it has been is that added more to your plate in recruiting or does it, does it 
allow you to focus on your team a little bit more, your players? No, I mean, it, I think it kind of adds more because it gives you more time to, to really search and evaluate and make sure you're doing a thorough job of trying to find, you know, where that talent or where that next talent is. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for the for the, the prospects because they're not able to physically get an opportunity to see campuses, you know. You know, I guess I'm, this shows my age uh uh, uh, how old I am, you know, being able to get out and touch, see, smell, and, and, and feel things and, and buildings and places and shake hands and look at, uh, look a guy in the eye and know if he's being genuine with you or not. So I think, you know, I feel bad for the prospects from that aspect, but, you know, we're adjusting uh, from the coach's standpoint. And to me, you know, really, we're catching up with the kids in this aspect of it as far as the technology and the Zoom. I mean, you know, 99.9% of the time, my players, when, you know, we're not meeting and doing something, their faces to their phone anyway. So the whole Zoom thing is, you know, was uh, something that I had to adjust and catch up with them more so than they're having to catch up and adjust to us. Uh, but, you know, phone calls, texts, and and, and, and and making those those communications, I mean, you know, you're not out actually physically traveling to cities to do it. But so now you're having to, you know, try to do it by virtual meetings or or, or, or a phone call and, and getting that, that, that information. So, I mean, it hadn't really lightened up per se. It's just forced you to, the, to find different ways to try to get the information that you would have been able to do had you, say for me, been in Houston and, and, and able to drive by a, a particular school or, or something of that nature. Has there been anybody in the staff that uh, you've been like, wow, he's really gotten good at using technology? <laughs> you know what? I guess I would call myself out on that one. No, I think we all have. You know, uh, we got a pretty a pretty youthful staff. So I mean, we don't have uh, we don't have any guys over you know, on our staff that's you know really just uh, afraid or have a technology phobia. Coach Green said he yells at monitors a lot. So I was wondering maybe if that was again. Well, we're coaches. We yell at everything a lot. That's just a, a a different way of expressing our love and having conversation. I appreciate it, Dennis. Coach Simmons has a young group, has a relatively untested group. It's going to be fun to see who steps up and takes that next step for the Sooners at the receiver position. All right, before we wrap up with Austin Reeves and a little hoops talk, I want to remind you that the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Homeland. Don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit homelandstores.com for more information. And OG&E, OG&E, we energize life. All right, Hoops is back on the hardwood, getting ready for the season. We'll have more information probably by Friday if they're going to push back the start of the basketball season. But the Sooners are getting ready. And Jessica Cootie caught up with Austin Reeves. Well, you guys have been at it now for, uh, what, a few weeks. Give us a breakdown of how everything's going and how the team's looking. Uh, everything's going good. I mean, uh, we're working hard in the weight room and on the court as well. I mean, we just can't wait to keep moving forward. We're looking really good. What was kind of this, the last few months since, you know, the cancellation happened and leading up to getting back to campus, the uncertainty of all of it. Um, what was that kind of like managing that and, you know, keeping yourself engaged of working on yourself when you weren't sure what the future holds? Uh, I mean, when you when you uh, love basketball and you play at this level, I mean, you got to stay ready 
So, I mean, if that's getting in the gym two times a day, that's what you're going to do just to stay in shape and, like I said, ready to go. When you look back and reflect on last season, overall, how do you evaluate how it went for you? Uh, it was up and down, but uh, there's a lot to learn from it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to move forward. What was the biggest thing you learned from last season? Uh, just really um, the pace of the game, the the physicality of the game as well. Um, just taking those things and, and just learning. I think a lot of people that followed your career at Wichita State saw a big improvement in your game and in other areas besides just being a knockdown shooter. But what step does your game need to take this year? How does it evolve this year? Um, I think the main thing is just getting the three-point percentage back up. Uh, something that I know I can do is shoot the ball. I mean, it's just putting in the work and the results will come. What do you think the issue was with you're not shooting the ball as well as you did in previous seasons last year? Um, I took a lot harder shots than I did at Wichita. A lot of uh, my shots there were just catch and shoot. Um, so that's a big uh, factor, but I mean, it, it, it's not an excuse. I, I got to make the shots and that's what we're looking to do. Coach Kruger was saying that he felt like this team would be a much better shooting team this year than you were last year. How important is that for you guys to be a team that can knock down those shots from the outside? Uh, it's real important because it opens everything up after that. Uh, you come out and make a couple shots, then um, there's no one in the lane. Uh, you got wide open layups and stuff like that just to get the whole the whole game going. And then you got both. You got the three and the two. So, I mean, that's it's a big factor. What about stepping into a leadership role? You know, that was another thing Coach Kruger was talking about, obviously with you and Brady and – the other seniors um, needing to kind of embrace that role. How has that been for you stepping into to that leadership role? Oh, it's been good. It's been fun, uh, challenging, but I mean, uh, that's what we need. And, and all four of us seniors are just constantly on each other about talking more. I mean, just staying on the other guys just so we're ready. Is that something that you've had to focus on being more uh, – Talkative. I know you're a lead by an example guy, but being a more talkative, more vocal type of leader. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the loudest person in the world. Um, I don't talk a lot, but um, I mean that's a big thing. Coach just stays on me to talk, talk, talk. And uh, first it was a little different, but now I'm getting used to it a little bit more. Um, you know, coach is talking about how you guys have got to take it slow, um, especially with the protocols in place. But as you know, one of the leaders now. What do you need to see from this team, um, you know, moving forward as you guys continue to work through the preseason? Uh, I think a lot of the same stuff we're doing now. I mean, uh, we're really liking the, what we're doing right now and um, what's going on. So just keep doing the, or just keep doing the same stuff we're doing right now, and and we we think that we'll just keep continuing to get better and better each each week and day. All right, for Sooner fans that are watching this that are familiar with, you know, the team and, and who's coming back, but give give us a player to watch that maybe we are not as familiar with. Who are you looking for big things from this season? Um, Kerr. Uh, he played limited minutes last year, but uh, I think he averaged like two and a half blocks a game. Uh, so it's, with his minutes going to be going up this year, he's going to be a big factor in the lane, changing shots, blocking shots, getting rebounds, and those type of things. So we're 
I'm expecting big things from Kerr and Alondis as well. Big things, uh, literally, too, with uh, the lineup you guys have. Uh, how big of a luxury is that to have uh, the size that you guys now have inside? Oh, uh, it's great. I mean, like I said, you got Kerr with, I think, like a 7-4 wingspan. You got Brady, Brady Long as well. But uh, it's just it's just different. You can, you can throw different things at uh, – other teams' offense and defense as well, with Brady being able to stretch the floor as a four. I'm excited for his future. I think he has just an absolutely incredible 2020-2021 ahead of him. Austin Reeves ready for yet another breakout season. All right, here's what's on tap, presented by Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, Farm Fresh for over 50 years. We continue our classic broadcast look back at 2019 for football. This week, you get Bedlam. And then on, well, you bet them on Saturday. That's right. The OU-OSU game is on Saturday. And then tomorrow night, it's OU-Texas. And I guess for me, two things stood out. Number one, I forgot that the Bedlam game was uh, so quick. I mean, it's fr- from the perspective of being the person who has edited together and put together these classic broadcasts throughout the um, COVID-19 stretch that we've been in the midst of, you know, there's there's games that are, you know, three and a half, four hours long. And the Bedlam game was like, boom, it was I, – I think it's only like a two-and-a-half-hour full broadcast. So – and the game ended on a clock runoff, which, again, the Sooners were well in control, but just a fascinating game to listen to. Two incredible performances, actually three by seniors. Jalen Hurts had a big night, caught a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and threw a touchdown pass. Nick Basquin throws a touchdown in his final Bedlam. And how about the night for Parnell Motley, man? I That, that story, you'll probably get tired of me telling it, but here's a guy – that the last time he was in Stillwater was benched. And he goes back his final time and was the best defensive player on the field. So that's that's coming up on Thursday. That's coming up on Saturday in the Bedlam game. And then tomorrow night is OU Texas. I completely forgot how fun this game was. Uh, you, you won't want to miss it. So that's all coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast. And then, uh, this is really cool on Friday. You know, there's so many people that – do things and maybe we don't talk to and we don't talk enough about. And one of those guys is Zach Selman. I, I dig Zach not just in how hard he works, but also as a person and as a dad. I think he's a great dude. So I get a chance to talk to Zach Selman, and we're going to learn about the Sooner Relief Fund, and maybe maybe there'll be another legend that joins us on Friday. So I'm pretty pumped about that. That's all What's on Tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, Farm Fresh for over 50 years. Thanks to Lincoln Riley. Thanks to... Alex Grinch. Thanks to Dennis Simmons. Thanks to Jessica Cootie. Thanks as well to, without a doubt, one of the more exciting young basketball players in Austin Reeves. Fun, action-packed, loaded Wednesday. We'll see you back here on Friday. Until then, have a great hump day and Boomer Sooner, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.